This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. That's one goal for Wrexham AFC. So the King of England called. So get ready to dance the night away. Oh, looks like this beach was a little too much beach for you, Ken. If I wasn't severely injured, I would beat you off right now, Ken. I'm Jared Hall from Entertainment Weekly, and here's what to watch on Tuesday, September 12th. We're counting down today's top three must-see picks from TV and movies. But first, your entertainment headlines. A pair of audience members claim they were kicked out of Monday's taping of The Drew Barrymore Show for wearing pins in support of the Writers Guild of America. Dominic Turacek and Cassidy Carter say they showed up for the taping after winning two free tickets and accepted WGA pins from picketers outside of the CBS Broadcast Center in New York. After entering the building, they were asked to leave by staff members. A spokesperson for The Drew Barrymore Show wrote in a statement shared with EW, quote, It is our policy to welcome everyone to our show tapings. Due to heightened security concerns today, we regret that two audience members were not permitted to attend or were not allowed access. The statement continued, Drew was completely unaware of the incident, and we are in the process of reaching out to the affected audience members to offer them new tickets. A representative for Barrymore did not immediately respond to EW's request for comment. While Barrymore is not violating strike rules as the host of the show, her talk show typically employs three WGA writers and is going forth without their work. On Sunday, Barrymore defended her decision to continue filming throughout the SAG-AFTRA and WGA strikes in a lengthy Instagram post stating, quote, I own this choice. We are in compliance with not discussing or promoting film and television that is struck of any kind. A CBS spokesperson added that the show will not be performing any writing work covered by the WGA strike. The Los Angeles City Council members are a girl's best friend. After reports that Marilyn Monroe's former Brentwood home was on the road to destruction, the L.A. City Council unanimously voted Friday to temporarily suspend the owner's permit to demolish the building. Glory of the Snow Trust, the owner of the house, had received a permit to demolish the house earlier this month. According to the Los Angeles Times, the owner did not submit plans that revealed what would be done with the property once demolition was completed. Now, the Office of Historic Resources and the Historical Cultural Commission will have 75 days to evaluate the building to determine if it qualifies for historic preservation. The Spanish-style home was the only residence Monroe independently owned. The actress purchased it for $77,500 in February 1962 after divorcing playwright Arthur Miller. Monroe died in her house six months later. And here's the story of the house from the Brady Bunch, which was busy over the past five years being renovated to match the interior set. And now it's been sold for way less 
than the asking price. HGTV has unloaded the Los Angeles residence that was at the center of not only the iconic 70s sitcom, but also the network's 2019 series, A Very Brady Renovation, in which hosts Drew and Jonathan Scott worked with Brady Bunch stars to recreate the show's main setting inside the house that was used as the original exterior. According to the Wall Street Journal, the five-bedroom, five-bathroom house in LA's North Hollywood neighborhood was sold for $3.2 million, which is is $2.3 million less than the $5.5 million asking price. HDTV originally bought the house for $3.5 million and spent almost $2 million during the renovations, meaning the network has taken a big loss with the sale. For more on all of those stories, plus other news, reviews, interviews, and more, head on over to EW.com. We are headed to the UK for today's number three pick. The FX docuseries Welcome to Wrexham is back for a new season and with it, besties and business partners Ryan Reynolds and Rob Michelinie for more small town fun. Now, last season, we saw the two purchase the Wrexham AFC Red Dragons football or soccer team, and they quickly realized that expectations were through the roof. Well, now the town is seeing a boom in infrastructure and a larger sense of community surrounding the team. But the pressure to win is bigger than ever. Here's a preview. Look, we're looking at the documentary right there. Hi, documentary. Rob and I came together to purchase a football club. Everything is going exactly the way we want it to go. And then we lost in the semifinal. This was not in the Hollywood script. But now millions of people are following and watching, which we didn't have before. A lot of, uh, a lot of expectation. Oh my God, the expectation. Dear God. Welcome to Wrexham. We have a new season on the horizon. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off. Businesses are booming. Who wants a beer? The community's growing in a way that is authentic and real and powerful. So the King of England called. Wow. But if we do not get promoted this year, the club is completely and wholly unsustainable. The burden isn't just winning and getting out of this league. It's never letting down this community. This season for me, it's more than football. It's belief. Bring it on. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. Rexon as a club, as a town, are the underdogs. We gave ourselves a mountain to climb. This feeling I've got now is magic. I look at Rexon as the most special gift I've ever had in my life. Like they said, this time it's more than football, and even the king agrees. The season premiere of Welcome to Wrexham airs tonight at 10 on FX. It's trivia time. If you have already seen Barbie, then you will hopefully remember a pivotal moment in the movie where Barbie walks up to a group of junior high school girls eating lunch. If you haven't seen it yet, you're in luck. The movie is new on digital today. More on that in just a few. But back to that lunchroom scene. The girls' looks and their sassy personalities are said to 
possibly be a reference to which of the following Barbie doll competitors? Hint, one character's name is Sasha. Is it Mycene Dolls, Polly Pocket Dolls, or Bratz Dolls? Stick around for the answer. Number two. Our hips don't lie. Our next pick is the MTV Video Music Awards. This year, the MTV Soiree will be emceed once again by last year's Video Vanguard winner, Nicki Minaj, who is also set to perform. Other performers ready to dazzle the crowd include Anita, Demi Lovato, Doja Cat, Carol G, Lil Wayne, Olivia Rodrigo, and Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Plus, Sean Diddy Combs is being honored with the Global Icon Award. And then... Her voice is captivating, her moves are hypnotizing, and her music is boundary-breaking. At this year's MTV Video Music Awards, the video vanguard is Shakira. Don't miss the multicultural artist and legend on music's most iconic night. And when La Reina de Musica Latina takes the stage for a groundbreaking and hip-shaking live performance. Well, if her Super Bowl halftime show with J-Lo was any indication, this should be pretty incredible. So, who will take home Best New Artist, Pink Pantheris, Renee Rapp, or Ice Spice? And will Olivia Rodrigo or Taylor Swift take home Video of the Year or Song of the Summer? Tune in to find out on the MTV Video Music Awards tonight at 8 on MTV. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. Our number one pick is coming up. What to watch? We'll be right back. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Welcome back to EW's What to Watch. Before, you could only own your own Barbie doll, but now you can own the Barbie movie as well. That movie, which is now available to rent or buy on digital platforms, is today's number one pick. Margot Robbie's Barbie makes the trek from Barbie land to the real world and discovers what it means to be human in the epic, colorful, and quote-worthy summer blockbuster. Here is star Margot Robbie from EW's Around the Table, recorded prior to the SAG-AFTRA strike, about Barbie's enduring legacy. I think Barbie's been capturing people's attention since the day she was invented. And she is an icon, but she's a very complicated one. And there's been times when Barbie has been ahead of her times, for sure. And there's been times when she's been behind her times. But she's always been evolving. And uh, I kind of just feel like this movie is like the next evolution. Well, 
This evolution includes some box office records. The movie, directed by Greta Gerwig and also starring Ryan Gosling as Ken, has made more than $620 million at the domestic box office and more than $1.4 billion globally. Much of that is, of course, driven by Barbie herself, but audiences have also been treated to some fun music and dancing, as star America Ferreira, Robbie, and Gerwig talk about here. We didn't have, like, Barbie boot camp, but I feel like Barbie dance rehearsals became the thing where, like, everybody kind of (laughs) reached a wavelength, like a very high-pitched wavelength. I remember Greta describing it as, like, I want it to be the sleepover where it's like the coolest girls and the prettiest girls and the funniest girls, but they're also the nicest girls. And that is what that whole period felt like. It was just like very high fever pitch love for all of it. I remember the first dance rehearsal where the rest of you girls came to join. And up until then, I'd been doing a few of them on my own, which was super fun because like the kind of dancing you wanted was like, you know, how you dance in your bedroom. So it was like very fun. But then as soon as all the other Barbies like started coming in one rehearsal and it was like, yes, girl. And I was like, oh, my God, this is this. The movie's begun now. It was so fun. It was kind of like how your girlfriends always like amp you up. If you're out dancing, it felt like that. I love the dance room. I, the so dancing was good. so special. And also just like, it was, I like that it was just like everyone was actually doing the dancing. Well, this movie, I got to say, is wildly entertaining, but it also has a lot of depth. Be prepared to laugh and cry. Barbie in all its pink and pearlescent glory is available today on digital platforms. And finally today, the answer to our trivia question, which of the following Barbie doll competitors is said to possibly be a reference to the human girls in the movie's lunchroom scene? My scene dolls, Polly Pocket dolls, or Bratz dolls? Well, they weren't the nicest. They were Bratz dolls. It's unconfirmed if the four junior high girls are actually supposed to represent the four main Bratz dolls, Sasha, Yasmin, Jade, and Chloe. But some details have made fans think they definitely do. The biggest clue is that Gloria's daughter in the movie is named Sasha, and Gloria calls her by the nickname Bunny Boo, which is also the nickname of Bratz doll Sasha's pet rabbit. Plus, the look of each girl in the scene matches the Bratz doll characters to a T. Well, that is it for our show today. We will have more news and must-see picks for you tomorrow, so be sure to follow or subscribe to What to Watch so you don't miss our daily recommendations, more of which can be found at EW.com. I'm Executive Editor Jared Hall. You can find us on Twitter at EW and at Jared Hall. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day. This episode of What to Watch was written by Callie Shep and EW staff, edited by Sammy Junio, produced by Ashley Boucher, and hosted and produced by Jared Hall. What to Watch.